you're a deacon, why don't you stand too, just for a moment? And uh, they, they act in a role that is similar to the pastoral staff as elders overseeing some of the spiritual matters of our, of our church. And so I'm going to open in prayer, and I'm going to commit them and our pastors to the Lord. Lord, I do want to give you thanks for how you have gifted our church with um, great godly leaders that we, your word refers to them as elders, those who rule among us, those who teach, uh, those who minister the word, and those who uh, guide us spiritually, this body. And we want to give you thanks for that. We want to show our appreciation in a special way to those who minister the word. Um, But Lord, we do uh, give you thanks for these men. Lord, I also thank you for the trustees and their care of the physical matters of uh, the body of Christ here. And I thank you, Lord, for all of those who assist in teaching, who are helpers, who are ministers to the body. Uh, Lord, you said in your word that you've gifted the church with a variety of people that are gifted by your Holy Spirit to minister, that we might see believers matured and become more like Christ. And so we give you the thanks this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I count it a great privilege to be able to come, and uh, I, am, um, I am not a deacon right now. I'm not a pastor right now, and I'm just uh, a church member here at Faith Baptist Church, and I have the opportunity to open God's Word and see what it says in this area of elders and um You know, there has been a number of churches who have problems with leadership, okay? The leadership uh, problems are many. Um, Maybe you know of uh, Tom Rainier. He's a church consultant. He gives a list of some of the things that he has uh, seen over the years, like an argument over the appropriate length of the worship pastor's beard. Uh, Pastor Matthew? Uh, that, that's not here, though, not here. Uh, the church dispute of whether or not to install restroom stall dividers in the women's restrooms. I wouldn't think that would be a big issue, but it is. A uh, fight over which picture of Jesus to put in the foyer. An argument over the discovery that the church budget was off by 10 cents. Major leadership issue there. A fight over what type of coffee to use, decaf or regular. An argument over whether to have gluten-free communion bread or not. Or a fight over whether or not to sing happy birthday every week to all those who had birthdays. Why are there fights among us? Uh, James says in verse, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, isn't it your passions, your desires that are at war? And so we need to check our desires. Are we, number one, submissive to God? And are we submissive to the leaders that he has placed over us? And so a passage that we want to go to this morning is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 and verse 17. Could have went to a a variety of passages that deal with elders, particularly those elders that Uh, minister the word. 
But we'll try to mix in some of the other passages as well. And the most important thing that we can do this morning is to read God's absolute, precious truth, his word, this morning. And so Hebrews 13, 7 out of the ESV says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way and imitate their faith. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for what would be, for that would be of no advantage to you. There's a few things that I notice about, I just want to narrow down on these three main words. Remember your leaders. I hope that when you walk away today from this message, you'll remember those words. Remember your leaders. God says, in fact, he says to you, the unwritten word here is what? You remember your leaders. It is the imperative. Directly, of course, he's talking to the Hebrew Christians here who's reading, who are reading the letters. Universally, all those Christians who are reading God's word are commanded to obey this, to remember your leaders. But specifically, every member of Faith Baptist Church is to remember this command. But you know, sadly, many professing believers in Christ are uncommitted in this way. You know that George Barna did a recent uh, research poll, and he indicated that 43% of adults who say they are Christian are absolutely committed to the Christian faith. You hear that? 43% of those adults who say that they're Christian are absolutely committed to the Christian faith. There's a lot of uncommit, un, a lot of uncommitment out there. So are we willing to follow Christ's invitation when he says, if you would be my disciple, you must come after me. You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. For whosoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Are you a disciple? Are you a follower of Christ? Then we should commit ourselves to what God says here about remembering our leaders. So Hebrews, uh, if I could just bring out in Hebrews 13, 7 and 17, those phrases that specifically point to our responsibility as a church. And so I want to begin with you as a church. How do we remember our leaders well, obviously, what are leaders? Our leaders or elders are those appointed ones. Uh, throughout the scripture, uh, in Acts and in Timothy, he says to appoint elders in every church. Plural, elders. Every church ought to have a multitude of spiritual leaders within the church. And, and Acts 14.23, so they, when they had appointed elders in every church, they prayed and fasted and commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. 
Uh, Titus 1.5 says, They appointed elders in every city as I commanded you. Uh, John MacArthur says, Elders is a term, is a general term, referring to those who are called overseers. Uh, The title elder, pastor, or overseer all describe the same person. And that's made clear by the use of these three words to describe the same thing in Acts 20, 17, and 28. The term pastor emphasizes their under-shepherd or their shepherding or feeding function. The overseer, their authority and, and their leading function. And then the elder is their spiritual maturity among us. And so we acknowledge their shepherding, their authority, and their spiritual maturity. And so we honor them. We remember this. So in God's command, he is saying for you to remember. What does it mean to remember? That means you don't forget. That means you don't neglect. You don't ignore them. You keep them in mind. You are aware of your leaders. So he also says that we're to consider the outcome of their way of, their way of life. And this primarily is in reference to how would we distinguish a false teacher or false leader from a true one? And that's the outcome of their life. Is their life consistent? And so we're to remember them, but remember their faithfulness and the outcome of their faith and their life, their walk, that they are modeling a genuine faith. And because the next thing he says there is we're to imitate, we're to imitate their faith. Wow, that makes us feel really uncomfortable, doesn't it? That someone would imitate our faith. What is faith? Faith is doing what God desires us to do. Knowing what is true and doing it. That's faith. Putting your full confidence that this is the right thing to do. And our leaders, as they obey and do the right thing before God, we're to follow them. They're to be our model of faith in their their lives. Uh, Verse 17 says that we are to, you, obey your leaders. In fact, uh, Romans 13.1 says, uh, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. And so we must honor, we must obey that office of authority. And he also says here that we're to submit to those leaders. How do we submit? Um, Oftentimes we struggle. You know, every person on this earth submits to an authority. The only one who doesn't submit to authority is God the Father. Everyone else submits to authority. And it, because of our sin-cursed world, we all struggle in that submission to authority. Um, we struggle to usurp that authority. Sometimes we narrow that, that the Bible primarily speaks maybe of a wife's submission to her husband. But her husband submits Our pastor submits. Our president submits. 
Everyone submits. In fact, even the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ submits to the authority that they are under through, through the Father. And so we model Christ as he doesn't usurp the Father's authority, but he submits. Not my will, but yours be done, Jesus says. So we are to submit to them. Um, we forget that there is a battle on earth. We would do well to remember the function and order that happens in the military. Imagine the military working where authority and submission break down on the battlefield. How dysfunctional that would work. And so we would do well to see that God establishes a function and order so that we would be a well-working machine as a, as a church, a well-working uh, um, ministry. So we're also in this passage, verse 17 says, let them do this with joy and not groaning. <sighs> Don't you want our leaders to do their job with joy? I want them to be happy. Uh, I can remember my advisor at Appalachian Bible College when I was a student in the pastoral program. His name was Dr. Paul Ryder. You might remember him. He was kind of a, a crusty man. And, uh, and I, can, I can remember one of the things he would say, and I never forgot about it. He would say, to dwell above with saints we love, that will be glory. But to walk below with saints we know, that's another story. Because... We often struggle. It's a, we, it's a bemoaning of, oh, just more problems, more tension, more strife, more arguing, more uh, battles of tension flaring, and people wanting their way over the leadership's way and going about it in a sinful way. You know, our passions, our hearts desire what they want. And they don't stop until they get them, no matter what. In fact, an, an idolatrous desire will sin against God to be pleased every time. And sometimes your leaders are caught in that. Timothy, First Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy in verse 5 of some more. And I want to draw some more because it's another likened passage, and it's up on the screen. 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 21. And again, I'm going to draw out those phrases that apply to us, the church, as we relate to our leaders. And he says, let the elders who rule well, okay, by the way, he's distinguishing those certain elders, okay? And that's kind of what we did today. We've distinguished those elders who, in fact, he says that they would, the ones who labor in preaching and teaching, I don't think it's up there, but it says those elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scriptures say, you shall not muzzle the, an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not Admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ and of the elect angels, that's about all the heavenly bodies there, 
Um, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging. Do nothing from partiality. What do we learn from this passage? Let those elders who rule well be considered of double honor. And that honor is used elsewhere with other terms. How is honor used elsewhere in other terms? Respect is used to regard, but also a price or an honorarium. And uh, we have distinguished some of our elders to provide funds for them, to establish a living so that they can give themselves fully to the ministry of our body as under-shepherds. And so I believe we're doing that. I think we can always grow to be better. We need to be vigilant about are we giving honor to our pastors. Listen, I have to stand. You have to stand before God. Have we done our part in honoring our pastors? Now, some, I've heard this too. This is a wrong view of saying, I've heard some people say, Lord, you keep them humble and we'll keep them what? Poor. That's a poor disposition. That's a dishonoring disposition for a church. Um, I can remember hearing a pastor once say, you know, that his responsibility is to use what God gives to God's glory, and that's his personal responsibility, his personal walk before the Lord. But what is your personal responsibility? And that's to honor our leaders. And so as I stand before God, I'll give an account for my life, and my leader will have to give an account for his life. Thou shalt not muzzle, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, or the labor deserves his wages. So what? We need to provide for them, obviously. And then uh, this next segment that we need to, to take into consideration is not to admit a charge. Listen, I probably had heard this before. But I'm telling you, I was mature as a Christian. I was later on in life, uh, just about in my 30s, before I actually understood this verse for some reason. Maybe I just glanced over it, didn't understand the significance of it. That you are not to accept a charge against a spiritual leader unless you have two or three witnesses. And what does that tell us as a church is that we need to be protective. They are in the crosshairs. If you're on the battlefield and somebody is giving orders to somebody else, they take out the one giving the orders. Okay, And uh, our, our spiritual leaders are in the crosshairs of the evil one. We are in a battle. And so we need to be careful that we protect them. And that's one area that the Scripture says for us to do. So what are some practical ways that we can honor our pastors, our elders? Well, obviously, we can pray for them. We should make it a regular practice of honoring our pastors by regularly praying for them and reminding them that we're praying for them. We can make ourselves available to them. Set aside some time to invest in your leaders. How can you help them? How can you assist them? How can you be with them in ministry? Uh, You can also mutually be accountable to them. That is, open up to them and then them to you and that they have, if you will, a confidence that you won't break, that you will help them bear the load. You can be a helper to your leader. And obviously, you also can let them know by words 
or gifts of appreciation. You know, years after ministry, I ministered in, in Ohio for 13 years as a pastor. Uh, one one fella that I visited in the hospital, he, was, he wasn't a member of the church, but visited him. He had had a heart attack. And uh, I was working, I was working at church. I was working another job. I was bivocational. And on the way home, I would stop at the hospital and visit him. And uh, he got well. He, he's still alive. But every Christmas, he would make me a wood, make me something out of wood. He would carve it. He would uh, make something, whether it was a clock or a nativity set or something for years and years and years. It was always a appreciation and a remembrance, and I just thank the Lord for that. And it, it resonated that I was appreciated as a leader, even though I was no longer his pastor. And uh, every pastor has a box, okay? I, we can't put up every letter or every card that you receive from those who show appreciation. But occasionally, I get out the box, and I read some of the letters. I, I remember the what has happened in these people's lives, and they've shown appreciation. And it helps to do ministry with joy and not with groaning. Okay, so let's remember that. They are people, and uh, the Lord can use you to help them. So what else? Um, Why are we commanded to remember them? Because he says here, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging do nothing from partiality. God, through the inspiration of Scripture, is saying for us, you know, pretty much all of heaven is watching you. Don't, don't panic, okay? But all of heaven is watching you. We have a cloud of witnesses, don't we? That we are not judging motives. Ah, they did this, but I know the real reason why they did that. You know, I... Um, you know, they're human, and they probably did it because of this. God says, don't judge. Don't judge them. Don't judge their faithfulness. Don't judge their actions uh, that are good, obviously. Bad judgments, the, the Bible talks about, to hold them accountable for bad actions, sinful actions. But also, he says, without partiality or without preferential treatment. Okay? And so we want to uh, acknowledge our leaders and we want to do that in a way that doesn't discount the other. So you saw here that we did seek to um, show appreciation in a, in, a, in a broad, general way, that we appreciate all of them. And I understand they have different roles, okay, and that a teaching role or assisting role or so forth is there, but we want to make sure that we're not leaving out God's servants, his leaders. So leaders are to obey God. That's who they give an account for. They stand before God. They're accountable to him primarily. They are God's servants, given charge to care for you. So we do our part, okay, and we remember them. We honor them. We respect them. So you are blessed if you obey, and that's really the next point I want to mention here, and that is, uh, I love, it says, remember, God says, remember your leaders. You know, God has blessed you through godly leadership. We should not take that for granted. You know, even, I understand, leadership is a blessing. Even bad leadership is better than no leadership. 
It's better than anarchy. But we haven't been given bad leadership. We've been given godly leadership. We should be thankful for that. You personally, individually, have leaders. You are assigned leaders from God. How do we know that? Uh, Ephesians 4.11 says, And God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, till we all attain unto the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the mature manhood, to the measure and the stature of Christ. And so we've been given, we've been given leaders, and the leaders are seeking to help you to become more like Christ. That is the mission. That is what they are seeking to do. In fact, uh, God says here in Romans 12, 3 through 8, that he has given grace to those who minister here, uh, whether it is leading, whether it is showing mercy, uh, whatever gifts you have, you are to put those into practice here. But we still understand that God has gifted our body with leaders. So we should do that with cheerfulness. Uh, We are responsible to our leaders. These are your leaders. We're responsible to them. We're accountable to them. And we are reportable to them. So let them know. Uh, Don't disconnect. Don't ignore them. Don't uh, avoid them. If you're avoiding leader, you probably are guilty, okay? Because one thing that sinning against authority does is it separates you from authority. And uh, if someone is avoiding the pastor, then maybe you need to do some soul searching to say, Lord, am I harboring sin in my heart that I need to humbly confess and repent of? And then what? Engage your leader, your minister. Well, let's talk just for a moment about leaders Because uh, this passage here in uh, Hebrews 7 and 17, as well as other passages, does mention some things about the leader. And see, God does bless the church, but he blesses the church leaders with this soul care. And, uh, you know, the leaders, the, the Bible refers to them as those who speak the word of God in Hebrews 13. 6 or 7 and 17 those who speak the word of god so our spiritual leaders primary task is to speak god's word into our life they are to present the the word that changes it changes our life that's done through preaching it's done through teaching worshiping singing and even counseling uh brad brant a pastor up in wheelersburg ohio has said this i remember he says Uh, When we preach, we take the word to people. When we counsel, we take people to the word. The word is the common denominator. Whether we're preaching the word or bringing people to the word with their problems, it is a ministry of God's word. Leaders also watch over your souls. Leaders are the local church shepherds. They are the the ones who are here watching over the souls. Uh, Acts 20, verse 20, that says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his blood. 
That's quite a charge. That is a huge weight. And I'm not going to get into all of the things that fall onto a leader's shoulders, um, but I am going to just mention these few that are in the passage. First uh, Peter uh, 5, 1 through 4 says, And the elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder, Peter says, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd, okay, you also, I exhort you, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion or willing, or, but, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, he will, excuse me, you will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away. So our leaders follow Christ, the chief shepherd's example. In fact, that really, um, you know, they, they will give an account, the passage says, that they will give an account for what they did, but they will give an account for how they modeled Christ. They are the under shepherds. Christ is the chief shepherd. They model. How do they model a Christ-like role in the church? And I believe, number one, authoritatively, uh, because in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 20, uh, Jesus says, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Teach them. That's an authority role of a teacher. Teach them everything that I've commanded you, Jesus says. And this, um, Jesus gave the commandments, Jesus gave teaching, and the under-shepherds make sure, that's their responsibility, that they continue in that role of Christ. Another leadership role that Christ is likened unto is he's an initiator. Christ is an initiator. What? For God so loved, he saw this problem, he saw the sin, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's Christ. And then we have in Galatians 6, 1, where Scripture says, If one be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, go restore such a one. Take the initiative. If you see someone falling, someone struggling, someone sinning, you go restore them. And so there's an initiation aspect. There's a supplying aspect or a supplier. You know, um, God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. That is, God supplies that. But we know from Ephesians 4.11 that God has supplied the church with a shepherd to what equip the body. He supplies that equipping like Christ supplies. And lastly here, he's a server. Jesus what? The, well, he said so himself in Matthew twenty twenty seven. He says, And you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, but their great ones exercise authority over them. Excuse me. And their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. And what? He's squarely looking at his spiritual leaders, the apostles specifically there. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you, must be your servant. And whoever should be first among you must be your slave. 
Even as the Son of Man came not to, re, to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life of ransom for many. So, as we look at this passage, to remember our leaders, they are our examples. Why would we remember them? Because they are our examples. Remember your leaders because we are following them. Uh, one of the historical facts of Alexander the Great was he would often go in front of his battalion, or the, and he would be the one leading the charge. Everyone would see him going into battle, and they would he was unavoidable. And our pastor, our pastors, our elders are leading the charge. They are our example in the battle. So, listen, it is our responsibility. This is our charge. We are accountable to God for how we treat our leaders. Are we treating them in a godly way? Do we please the Lord by how we treat the leaders he has given to us? Do you remember the people of Israel, how they treated their leader? (laughs) Complain, complain, complain. God was not happy with that at all. And so let us be obedient. Let us not be disobedient. Let us honor our pastors. This is our charge to keep. You can do it. You can walk by faith and make this a matter of your worship. Dear God, I pray that you will give us uh, the um, understanding, the wherewithal, the initiative to go to our leaders, not just today, not just on pastor appreciation, uh, not just in pastor appreciation month, but Lord, I pray, may we be thoughtful about those you have put over us, that you have placed there for our blessing, for our benefit. And Lord, I pray that you might be glorified in that in our life. Lord, I pray that you would encourage our leaders this morning. I pray that they would feel loved, that they would feel joyful about their ministry. We desire that they would not be in groaning. But Lord, we want to lift the load. We want to raise the arms. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.